Hi, this is Jim Labedo, and I'm president and founder of a company called Performance Group. You're listening to the podcast version of a program that originally aired on the BizTalk radio show. I started BizTalk so you'd have access to today's leading experts about growing your company and yourself. BizTalk is produced by Performance Group. At Performance Group, we work at the front end of a company's revenue stream. We find the salespeople who generate the revenue, and we provide onboarding programs that get them doing that sooner. Our passion is aligning talent with opportunity. That's why we're known as a Salesforce development company. Enjoy the program. Several years ago, at the end of a long sales week, uh, the sales crew that I was with, we had a habit of gathering at the uh, local pub that was literally right outside the office, I mean, within walking distance, which was rather convenient back then, I might add. So Friday, we'd stop by and just have a, a couple drinks and share some things. And um, so we're there Friday night, and uh, uh, we're talking about the week. And a gentleman comes in who was uh, dating one of my salespeople at the time, and he says, hey, Jim, he says, I've heard about the best referral program ever. And I said, well, it's great. I said, uh, if you need to grow your business through uh, your referrals, he says, I've just, I've got the best referral program ever. And I said, well, well, lay it on me. And he says, well, the key to getting referrals is ask everybody every time you see them. And I said, that's it. And he goes, well, I'm telling you, ask everybody every time you see them. So every time you go into a customer, ask them, hey, is there anybody you know that, you know, Likes the way that you and I do business, would appreciate the quality bringing to the table and the results I'm able to get. And I said, oh, okay, that's it. I'll, I'll try that. So uh, for the next couple of weeks, um, when I'd stop in and see a client, I'd, oh, yeah, okay, I need to ask you. And, um, you know, anybody, you know, that could, likes the way we do business and would appreciate uh, the level of service they give you and the results you're able to attain. And, of course, the answer came back no. But the more I persisted with this and the more I came back to them, I actually had clients start to say to me, uh, before we start our meeting, I just got to, I know, I know you're going to ask me. <laughs> so I had dinner with this guy the other night, and this is somebody that uh, uh, you should know. And I told him you'd be calling. And I thought, wow, this stuff actually works. And so fate would have it, uh, literally probably six or eight weeks later, uh, I run into you know, the boyfriend of my sales rep again uh, at the same pub on a Friday night. And I said, hey, I says, uh, I need to thank you for uh, giving me that best referral program ever. And he says, what are you talking about? I said, oh, I'll quote, quit kidding me. I said, thank you for that best referral program. He says, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I said, well, and I recalled the conversation where, you know, six to eight weeks prior, he had told me about this method, and I've been actually out in the field using it, and, uh, and it's been quite effective, and I wanted to thank him for that. And I'll never forget this long said He looked at me and goes, oh, that, yeah. I said, I don't know if that works. He said, I started this seminar somewhere. In other words, he wasn't using it. Now, I thought, well, isn't that interesting? So the reason I share that story with you is the fact that we have the leading authority with us tonight, Matt Anderson. He's graciously going to share with us what he's learned over the years about not only building his business, through referrals, but by teaching thousands of people all over the world on his techniques that work. But they won't work unless you try them. So my challenge to you tonight is you listen to Matt. I'll guarantee you'll walk away with one good idea. And sometimes all you need is one good idea to help getting going in the right direction. 
So we come back, listen for that one good idea when Matt Anderson from the Referral Authority joins us right here on BizTalk. Growth hormones for your business. This is BizTalk with Jim Lebato on News Radio 1040 WHO. You know, I don't know about you, not to sidetrack from our program here for our second on Father's Day, but hearing Ronald Reagan, who's been on WHO in that uh, promo, and then as the program ended previous to this one, two Jims, hearing Jim Zobel sign off again one more time, I, I don't know, just sends chills down my spine at some of the great broadcasters who've been on this radio station who are sorely missed at this time. So anyway, uh, on our program tonight... Uh, we have Matt Anderson, and one of the most powerful sales introductions you can receive is a referral, yet most of us are terrible at getting them. On our program tonight, we have Matt Anderson, founder and president of the Referral Authority. Matt's proven referral gathering methods have helped organizations and sales professionals build powerful sales client lists. As a speaker and consultant, Matt has spoken at the Million Dollar Roundtable in Vancouver and London and multiple financial conferences. His insights have been published in numerous financial periodicals. His referral webcast was voted in the top five for the Thought Leadership Live community in the U.S. and the, and the U.K. in 2011. Matt has generously offered to share with us his insights from his book, Fearless Referrals, Boost Your Confidence, Break Down Doors, and Build a Powerful Client List, which has been said to teach the golden rules for developing a continuous chain of high-quality referrals for any product in any business. Matt, welcome to the program. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Well, uh, first of all, uh, happy Father's Day to you, too, as we take time on this Sunday to be with our audience. We, we definitely appreciate that. So, uh, Matt, this is, is, this is probably one of the top topics that every sales professional and every business executive, I think, knows that they need to be good at. And, mm-hmm. and I'd hate to say that probably most of us uh, aren't good at that. Mm-hmm. And, and as I did my research uh, for our program tonight, you built your business on referrals. And mm-hmm. so so maybe I was thinking, well, maybe this Matt guy is just one of those guys who's naturally good at referrals. And we've all run into those people. So mm-hmm. my first question, uh, and really for the audience tonight, is, uh, are the referral skills that you talk about, are they really teachable? Can I, can, is there hope for the rest of the world that maybe not be good at this? Well, absolutely. So a little bit of background about me. I was about 12, 13 years ago, I was teaching fourth grade, and then I taught seventh grade for a couple of years. There were no business people in my family at all. And so I didn't have any background, any role models in how to get good at this. However, because I really didn't enjoy trying to teach 12 and 13-year-olds how to punctuate sentences, so much so that when I started my own business, I really, really didn't want to have to go back to doing that. So, and because I didn't have the money to advertise when I started out, and I've always been uh, afraid to cold call, that referrals was the only way I was going to continue to be self-employed and to grow my business. So in other words, I put a lot of leverage on myself to make sure I got good. And it was probably three years of sort of being more of a general business coach before I decided I'm just going to focus on referral coaching. I'm guessing from your accent, uh, you're from across the pond, as they say. (laughs) So did you start your business in the U.K. or do you come over to the United States and start your business? Well, I've been living in this in the U.S. 
for about 20 years or so and I but I, it's interesting I I was I was tired of the rain in the UK and I was tired of the cold Midwestern winters because I've been living in Wisconsin for many years oh. so when I started my business I moved to Albuquerque because I thought it would be great to have 300 days of sunshine and I didn't know anybody there um, so I really sort of jumped in at the deep end and that's when I learned that uh, whenever I'd ask people, I mean, I was desperate for business when I started out, and I'd say to people, you know, where'd you get your business? And people would say, most, I mean, generally speaking, people would say, well, you know, uh, most of it's word of mouth. And I'd say, well, how do you do that? And they'd say, um, I don't know, really. I guess I just try and do a good job for people. Um, and that's when I, you know, bit by bit, I realized, okay, this is an important subject. And I was surprised how few books there were on it. And then I talked to people at different companies, and it didn't seem to matter what industry they were in, but virtually no one got training on the subject. And it just didn't make any sense. Um, so it was fairly easy to start a business in this area. That was the easy part. The hard part was then realizing, coming back to your first question, is that you know most companies that have a sales team, they'll have one or two people that are very that might be good at bringing in referrals, but the majority of people aren't. Um, and so it took me quite a while to develop content that would be, it could be replicated for the rest of us, for most people. And that's what my book's about. Yeah, and I, I like your uh, on your website. I, I think it says uh, like referrals for mortals. In other words, uh, mere <laughs> mortals can can learn how to execute on this. So, um, at what what point, Matt, in your discovery of going through this? And and by the way, there's really probably no excuse for the rest of us. I mean, here you come from you know from a different country, then you transplant yourself into a brand new market, and yet you're successful building a business. So surely, if you can do that under those adverse conditions, there's hopes for the rest of us who already may have business contacts in our in our vertical or in our market. And sometimes we you know we've lived in these towns for for many years. Mm-hmm. So so as you went through this process, when did you discover that you were really onto something, or when did you discover that uh, there was really just a, a desperate need for this? When did the aha moment hit you? That's a great question, and I, want, and I want to be honest with you. I'm not sure I did get an aha moment. Okay. Um, it, because I felt like, really, wherever I went, it was always reinforced. I, I, I mean, there was, there's barely ever been a, a certainly a service professional that I've ever met that doesn't say they get their best business from word of mouth. Right. Um, so it was always reinforced. What's always, as you say, what's puzzling is why more people don't have more success with it, and and that's. Again, in a way, that's why I have a livelihood, really. Um, but, but to answer your question, or maybe your next question, I mean, what, what can people do differently about getting better at asking? Well, I think there were three major things, and as you, as you indicated at the top of the show, people just doing one of these things would make a difference. The first of the three things is what I call more the inside job. In other words, a lot of people are uncomfortable asking for what they want. And so if they can start to chip away at the unempowering belief that's stopping them from asking, such as, well, I don't want to sound like a used fill-in-the-blank car salesman or whatever it is. I don't want to sound cheesy, salesy, come across as pushy. If people can start to recognize that that really isn't legitimate concern, that's one big area, and there's a a great amount of content in my book about how to get more comfortable asking, and I'm happy to talk about that further. The second area is changing some habits, and the two best habits to change around referrals, one is to pre-plan what you want to ask for before you meet with someone. 
in other words, ask yourself the question, what would I love to ask this person in terms of a, a referral request? Like for maybe for a prospect, maybe for another um, professional they can introduce me to, maybe to speak. And then the so keystone habits. So one is pre-planning your ask, and the other one is tracking asks. If people would just commit to measuring and asking more, uh, they're going to practice this skill more, and they're going to start to get better. And then the other reason why they're going to get better is the third reason, which is the competence part that builds the confidence, which is having better wording and having a system, a referral system that they can use that is very simple <laughs> and that will make them, again, over time, you put those three things together, anyone that likes what they do and has a decent, you know, has clients that are happy is going to build their confidence. You read it. You led right into my next question, and thank you for that for that background. Yeah. Because you're one of the few people that I've interviewed on the program that uh, talks about the fundamental of what's holding people back, which is sometimes our own beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, people will not act incongru- incongruent from what they believe in. So if people believe they're bad at referrals, guess what? They're mm-hmm. bad at referrals. So right. what are some of the what is some of that head trash or not, I call it non-supportive beliefs out there that mm-hmm. prevent us, no matter how many techniques you're going to teach me, prevent us from asking for good referrals? What do you run into when you're talking to people? The most common concerns are coming across as pushy. That's probably the number one thing. And then other major concerns are I don't want to sound salesy. I don't want to um, uh, spoil this relationship. don't want to use wording that might come across as cheesy. Those are the biggest concerns. And, and of course, wrapped around all of that, I guess, a fear of being rejected. Um, And the ironic thing about that is that that can so easily be avoided by asking people that you have a decent relationship with or with clients where you know you've done a good job or they've told you so. I mean, yes, is there more to it than that? Yes. But, I mean, really, relationships where you have water in the well, those are the people to be asking. Let's talk about getting more comfortable doing this. Because if we won't act incongruent from our beliefs, the other thing I found most people won't do, they won't do things that are uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, I always tell you know, people I'm working with, it's just like, you know, well, first of all, get comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all uncomfortable in, in some instances at sometimes. How do you get comfortable with that? So uh, how, how, if, I'm, if I perceive I'm bad at this, or I actually am, or, or I'd like to increase in this area, how do I get more comfortable? What's the first steps I should be taking? If I were to do only one thing differently in that situation, write down 20 reasons why people should do business with you. And what will start to happen as you do that is you'll start to realize that you have to be your own number one fan. You know, it's not realistic to expect other people to enthusiastically endorse you if you can't congruently look them in the eye and believe in yourself enough to think that you deserve to be recommended. And so just one quick example, I had a client called Corey in the Twin Cities a couple of years ago, and he did this exercise. And after he'd done it, I said, well, did you get anything out of that? Or what did you learn? And he said, well, you know, it was quite helpful. He said, but I think what I realized after doing that is, you know, if not me, well, then who? In, In other words, you know, why shouldn't I be the one that gets the business? And 
what was interesting and what was realistic about this story is that he didn't transform and start getting 20 referrals the following week. The, the following week, he probably got one more. But what he did, and I didn't know this for three months, um, but what he, what he did was he put a Post-it note on his computer screen that said, if not me, then who? And he just kept thinking about that before calls, before meetings. And, and slowly but surely, he started to win his thinking over and realizing that, you know, I am as good as anybody else. And why shouldn't I be the one? And why should some stranger who may not be as competent get this business? I, I ought to at least speak up. Um, so that, you know, that can be a big piece to starting to shift the thinking. Um, and like I said, it's not the only thing. I mean, because some, for some people, this isn't easy. Um, and that's okay. And that's why, you know, changing habits can get you to do things differently until you start to believe differently. Uh, and then the third part is, if you, again, if you have a system in place, that will make you more competent and that builds confidence and that can get you over that hump as well. So it's not all internal. Um, but those are some of the things that will make a, a really big difference if people consistently, you know, plug away at wanting to get better at this. Get more comfortable, change your habits, ask more, work off a yep. script, run into yep. the system. I think that's what I heard you say. Absolutely. Okay. And I'm confident that's all covered in your book too. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and the book we're talking about, you know, mm -hmm. is, is fearless referrals. And, mm -hmm. and I think anybody out there uh, that uh, is trying to build a business through referrals should definitely mm -hmm. start this as a primer. And also, uh, I loved your website, and I, I love what you're writing about on your blogs. But Thanks. Let's talk about um, the elements of a good referral, though. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm assuming there's – is there such thing as a bad referral, or, or are some referrals better than others? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, clearly a bad referral would be – to somebody you don't want to work with or can't help. Um, a, a good referral ideally fits the type of business that you're looking to do more and more of in the future. And, and, it's, and one thing that, that is a shift for most people is that they need to, everyone, people listening to me, you know, you want to take more responsibility for letting people know what business you want and who you can help the most. And I think one of the, the tendencies in the past is that there's just this assumption that there's, we hope everyone will just be out there talking about us and will somehow know all of this stuff. Um, and unfortunately, of course, that's a tiny percentage of people. So one of the shifts is doing a better job of, of being more clear about what type of business you want. In fact, that's the most important thing about getting referrals is be really clear about exactly what you're looking for so you make it really easy for people to help you. You know, and you make it sound so simple, but, uh, yeah. you know, the, the simple things necessarily aren't easy. Mm -mm. Um, in a former life, when I used to coach salespeople, and, and I'd say, you know, what's the big sales call you get going next week? And they say, well, you know, Wednesday, I'm going to go see this company. It's really important. And I say, well, what outcome do you want from that? And then there's silence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like they're going to go have a good, have, and have a good conversation. I, well, I understand you're going to have a good conversation. What's the outcome you're looking for? So mm -hmm. I, think you're, I think you're spot on by saying, you know, what do you want, what do you want to walk away from? But more mm -hmm. importantly, what type of business do you really want to get? And can you mm -hmm. describe the ideal? So maybe another exercise people in the audience can go through is, do you know what a type of business you want? What does that customer look like? Or uh, what, is their, what, mm -hmm. what type of products do they typically buy? Or how do they treat you in the interaction or the relationship? And, mm -hmm. and I think uh, getting clarity around that would probably help. Okay. Hey, you know, go ahead. 
I'd say, I mean, you're right. Making it, this isn't a complicated subject. You say, you know, it's nice of you to say, I make it sound easy. And certainly, I've been working on it a long time, which helps to get clarity on this. But the, the funny thing about this topic, it, it is a, for the most part, it's a very straightforward subject to understand. But it's one of those things that doing isn't anything like as easy. And I think that's one other reason why some people, why many people, don't. Um, don't get the results they want is because they think it therefore because it's fairly straightforward to understand that therefore it's easy to do and then they don't put in the time to get better at it to really develop that skill set we're talking with uh, Matt Anderson he is the founder and president of the referral authority and one of the world's best known referral specialists he's the author of a new book called fearless referrals when we come back We'll ask Matt about some other techniques you can do to warm clients up to actually give you more referrals. You're listening to BizTalk on News Radio 1040 WHO. The conference call you actually want to attend. BizTalk with Jim Lebedo on News Radio 1040 WHO. On our program tonight, we have Matt Anderson, the referral authority. We're talking about his new book, Fearless Referrals Boost Your Confidence. Right, break down doors and build a powerful client list. You know, sometimes, some, sometimes we have breaks, Matt, so I can just think of the next question. Sure. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, so I was thinking over the break here that this also works in reverse, that, the, that when you, a person, is looking for a referral, the more specific we are, the more we can help the, our network find that person. Because I was thinking the other day, I'd like to I'd like to entertain talking to a new financial planner, mm-hmm. and I tell people that well, I just you know I'm I'm just kind of like to have a new financial planner. Well, I got this buddy, he does this. And, oh, maybe I'll talk to him. But what I'm really looking for is a financial planner that will sit down and review with me monthly exactly where we stand, who's able to understand the tax laws and, and implications as best we possibly can, given, you know, they kind of change a little bit for a small independent business owner and the effect they're going to have, and mm-hmm. also someone who can help hold me accountable to planning out the future. Now, if I mm-hmm. gave that description, I would probably get better referrals. Mm-hmm. that right? No question about it. Yeah. So that clarity works both ways. When, yeah. you're, when you're asking, as well as when you're saying, here's the type of people that I work, that I like to work with. Mm-hmm. Or here's the manner in which I do work. Mm-hmm. So I think the onus goes on, on both sides there. Yeah, yeah. And, and there are other ways that people identify prospects as well, in addition to perhaps having certain bullet points of things they're looking for. That's certainly one good strategy. But one of the things that I work with people on a lot is um, putting together multiple strategies so of identifying prospects. And I find that most people, we talked earlier about the comfort zone, are stuck in a comfort zone of maybe they've got one, maybe two strategies to, to do this. But really, if they want to be more resourceful and truly certainly get more referrals, it's good to have more of a toolkit of options. And uh, and so, as I said earlier, being, being clear about what you want is one thing, but there's multiple ways to identify what it is that you're looking for. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to talk a little bit more about that, too. Absolutely. Uh, I was, uh, what, so what other strategies could I employ to have a multi-attack yeah. front? Yeah. So 
one of the ones I mentioned earlier, which is I call it pre-planning, and it is probably the best habit that exists around referrals, which is thinking ahead of time before meetings what it is that you'd love to ask, again, more from a business standpoint. And, I mean, the simplest example I could give is think about the first meeting you've got, business meeting coming up this week, say you meet with Bob Smith. You know, what, was he, what would you love to ask Bob? And if your mind draws a blank and you say, well, I really don't know who Bob knows, then that's a wake-up call to do various things. One is that however you take notes in a meeting, have some kind of visual reminder on that page that you want to start listening more carefully for things that might come up in the conversation that sound like business opportunities for you where you can jot that down. Now, I'm not suggesting you necessarily immediately bring up and say, oh, can I meet this person? That might be um, inappropriate. It might not be the right time, but to start, I call it fishing. So that's one thing that people will do differently. Um, And then when that doesn't happen, then to start to develop even just two or three different questions to start asking the people you meet with that give you a stronger sense of people in their network that describe people you can help. And there's ways to do that without feeling like you're stalking. So so those are three strategies. Um, And then the other three that I I talk about, one is really just kind of creating more of a a prospect list, I suppose, of of, of people that maybe fit in that same target market or demographic of people you suspect they know. And certainly that's where, you know, using the internet and LinkedIn can be helpful. And then the other two, one is storytelling, which some people are very good at. So that would be, um, well, let's just go back to your financial planner example. Let's say your current planner wants referrals from you, and she knows that she's been helping you, let's say, with the sale of a business, but maybe that's all you really think she does. So she maybe deliberately tells a story about some other thing, part of work that she can do. Maybe she talks about how she can help people that are going through a divorce or who are you know, going close to retirement, but deliberately doing that um, in a way that it jogs your memory and you say, oh, you know, I didn't know you could do that. You know, um, you, know you might want to talk too. So all of this is about memory jogging and, and, and making it easy narrowing things down. And my last example, I call them generic specifics. So that might be instead of me saying, Jim, you know, can you refer me to anyone in your family or friends or business colleagues? I give you this overwhelming list of people and I've lost you. But instead of saying family members, I might say siblings or I might say, um, you know, close friends or, um, you know, if you work at a company, you know, the person you most enjoy spending time with at work. But something where you're going to think of somebody right away. It may not necessarily be eligible prospect, but the mind, that's the way the mind works most effectively is you'll get it to land on something specific and then it can work outwards to other people. So that's a bit of a long answer, but different tools to identify prospects. And, all, you know, much of this is in my book. And it's, um, again, I've, for those of you who are listening, this is the most important skill set to develop to make you more resourceful and opportunistic so you can be much, much more clear about what you want. Well, and I think uh, especially in the uh, the business climate we're in, because mm-hmm. I get the I get the impression, Matt, that you know that we've all become a little cynical. So mm-hmm. because yep. of the so the let's say the advertisements that's out there that says you know this mm-hmm. company does this thing great, or we're, mm-hmm. we're cynical that someone can actually perform. But when mm-hmm. someone says, "Hey, I know Bob, right?" Mm-hmm. and Bob does this. Mm-hmm. It seems to like just really circumvent most of the sales process. You get you yep. right down to the topic. I mean, has that been your experience also? I mean, just fast track to get to the topic. 
No question. I mean, it's funny. I, I feel like more and more we're living in a culture where we, we, we feel like almost everyone's trying to sell us something. Um, and and so when you've got – and that's what's ironic about – when I talked earlier about referral wording, improving com- competence, uh, some of that wording is so simple it's almost embarrassing. I mean, some of the people that re- re- like refer – again, some of you who are listening, they didn't say anything very magical other than, Jim's a great guy. You know, you really need to talk to him. And is it okay if I have him give you a call? I mean, that's almost all that needs to happen a good amount of the time. And, and, and what they're leveraging, of course, is that person's credibility and, and that relationship. So I think sales, I think referrals is a lot like sales. It's a transfer of enthusiasm. Uh, Absolutely. All right. So uh, how do I make it easier for my clients to refer me? Let's say I got some, I changed some habits and I got some wording down. Is there Mm -hmm. anything I can do when I I say to somebody, hey, Matt, you know, who do you know that would appreciate, do this kind of thing? This is the kind of business I like to work on. How do I make Mm -hmm. it easier for them to refer people to me? That's a, that's a really important question. So I think there are two ways to ask for what you want. The first way is a direct ask. Jim, any chance you could refer me to Bob Smith next time I'm in town? Pretty straightforward. Now, not with, the thing is, is with all, we're not always that comfortable in all of our relationships to be that direct. So the other way to ask is I call it the advice-seeking approach, and that would be, Jim, you know, you've mentioned Bob. He sounds like a great guy. You know, what do you think would be the best way to find out if he might be open to me giving him a quick call sometime? And I'll let you tell me exactly what to do. So there's wording like that. Another wonderful piece of wording that is, I would have to say, is probably the most popular wording that I'm um, that my clients tell me they like the most at the moment is, is where it would be me saying to you, Jim, how would you be most comfortable finding out if Bob might be interested in the three of us getting together for a beer sometime, or you know whatever, coffee, breakfast? How would you be most comfortable? And what's great about that question is you're only going to respond with something you're comfortable doing. So the worst possible thing you'd say to me is, Matt, you know, I'm not sure I'd be comfortable doing that. And that's the worst thing you can, I mean, that's the worst thing I'm going to hear. And so it's easy for me to, to retreat if I have to and say, no, I understand. Sometimes that happens. Yep, no big deal. And I'm just going to move on the conversation and hopefully pick somebody else that you are more comfortable when I'm ready to, to bring up another ask. Um, but most people, they're going to say, what, what, there's only three ways to be referred. So they're either going to suggest a face-to-face meeting, which is the best way, or they'll suggest some kind of situation where they'll talk to the person, you know, call them or talk to them when they see them. And the, the third way is going to be virtual, email, LinkedIn, something like that. And, and while I do believe they work in that order, they all do work, and there is never a one-size-fits-all. And then to, to answer your question, also in a shortest form, like how do you coach people? Well, certainly email is an excellent tool to to send some wording over to somebody. And this is incredibly important because most the reason why most people aren't referring you is because they don't know how. They're not listening into this radio show. They haven't read any books. They've never had any training. Um, they don't know how. And the reason why we deceive ourselves on that is because there are a few people out there, and they seem to do a wonderful job of talking about us. But keep in mind, I mean, ask yourself, how many of a percentage is that of your clients, of your network? I mean, it's tiny. So that's the, the, one of the biggest obstacles. So I've talked about being, well, we've talked about being super clear about what you want. And then the second part to that is just because I say Bob Smith, it doesn't mean that you know exactly what to say. So, that, so, so that's why it's such an important question. 
Hmm. Is is it okay, I guess, if you have confidence in, in your relationship to say, and when you get them on the phone, here's typically a, a way to introduce me? Or do you ask them to say, how would you introduce me, and, and maybe role play with them? Well, unfortunately, there isn't a one, answer, one, one answer that's going to work every time, I think. I think you almost have to trust your, your gut or your your, okay. your your relationship sense on that one. I, and I'm not avoiding the answer. It, it does depend. Some people, I think you can say, um, you know, I'm curious, what, what were you planning on sharing with Bob when you speak to him? I think that's a perfectly word, legitimately worded question. The problem is, is if you then say, well, I'm, I'm going to tell him you're a motivational speaker and, you know, right. you talk about, I don't know, something I don't specialize in, then I'm going to create and think, okay, now how do I tell him, don't tell him that, because he won't call me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so that's the challenge you run into. But again, again, there's never a one size. Some people are going to have good things to say. And, and, and so, I, you know, it's, I can't give you the perfect answer with every, with every situation, but it's one or the other. Okay. You either ask them and see what they say and try to tweak it, um, or, again, maybe you leave it at that. And then I think I would say to almost every situation, unless somebody's already doing it well, which in which case we leave those people well alone i would i would recommend you can't it's hard to go wrong with a quick follow-up email saying jim great to see you yesterday you know something something personal and then saying and i really really appreciate you and this is language i like i really appreciate you putting in a good word about me too bob um and then i would say something like the easiest thing to share with bob is and then it's basically the same stuff, that I do a good job, that you highly recommend me. Is it okay if I reach out to him? So it sounds like soft language, but it works. Uh, and then the final part is, if I'm emailing you on this one, and this is actually the final step in my system in Chapter 6, keeping control, um, is I want to make sure that you – I want you to follow up, and you're busy, and you might forget. So I'll say in my email, if I haven't had a chance to, to talk to you about this, and I'll say something like, Jim, you know, today's the 15th – well, I won't say that. You know, I'll say, um, and is it okay if I drop you a line towards the end of the month to see – if you've had a chance to talk to Bob. And that way I'm gently nudging you and you're saying, okay, Matt's going to call me before the end of the month. I better make sure I get in front, you know, I talk to Bob this week. I think that's a really good insight. And when we come back, what I want to talk to you about, sometimes we don't have confidence in our relationship to ask for this person for a referral or maybe to be mm -hmm. direct with them. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there are things we can do to build our confidence. And I mean, mm -hmm. there's things we can do to build that relationship to get people to that point. So mm -hmm. that's what uh, we'll address that when we come back. You're, you're listening to the Referral Authority, Matt Anderson, and he's one of the world's best-known referral specialists, and he's the author of the book Fearless Referrals, Boost Your Confidence, Break Down Barriers, and Build a Powerful Client List. More with Matt when we come back. You're listening to BizTalk on News Radio 1040 WHO. The office is open for the best in business insights and advice. It's BizTalk with Jim Lebato on News Radio 1040 WHO. Thanks for joining in on the conversation tonight. Boy, where did the hour go on the program tonight? You know, we have Matt Anderson, the referral authority. And, Matt, I feel we could talk another couple hours on this. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll remind, yeah, remind our audience that uh, uh, Matt's uh, a podcast of this program will be up on the website here in a couple weeks. So you can go back and listen to that. We'll have links to his website and his book on our website also. That's biztalkradioshow.com. And, Matt, in, in the short minutes we have left, it really, really two two fundamental questions. Mm -hmm. no, number one is, what can I do? 
that helps build my referability in my relationships with my clients? I think the best question that exists in terms of leveraging or tipping relationships is to keep asking yourself the question, how can I most add value to this person? Because that's, I mean, people like to help people that have brought a lot of value to them. And it's one of the the first parts of the system I teach is you do have to earn the right to ask. And it's human nature for us to overrate sometimes, the, you know, what we do. Like we all think of ourselves as above average in most areas. But the problem is, is of course, if our clients don't see it that way, then they're not going to recommend us. So part of it is definitely really improving what you're doing and also getting more feedback on how you're doing. Because sometimes that can get the conversation teed up towards saying, well, Jim, it it would be silly of me not to ask you. There have to be other key people that you care about in this company, this location, this demographic that I could help. How do you think we might go about reaching out to them? Is it okay then just to be direct and say, how am I doing in terms of uh, your comfort referring me on? You could. I mean – the, the, the easiest thing to do is to ask for positive feedback, to say, you know, what are you getting most out of our work? What have you found okay. most valuable? Uh, why? Because even if, if for some reason they're not happy, you will hear it in the tone of their voice. You'll hear qualification, in which case forget the referral and say, it sounds like there's something I could potentially be doing better. Do you mind if I ask what that is? But if they sound happy, it's not a time to say, what can I improve on? Because if they start to think of things, then you can't rescue that back into a referral conversation. Great. Thank you for that. Is there is there one question, Matt, I should have asked you tonight that I haven't? Well, the biggest lesson I've learned in the last three or four months that would, I mean, that I've learned over, well, I've heard it many, many times, but that it's not one I think I've ingrained enough, is the whole piece around being more of a resource to others, being a better giver. Most people are are, are in tit-for-tat relationships. Uh, In other words, I'll help you if you help me. Um, But the people who are infinitely more successful, and when I think about the people that get the most referrals, they're naturally more giving, helping people, and that draws more people to want to help them as well. But it's not just tit-for-tat. So I would just say work on being more of a giving person, um, trying to be a better resource to others. And also then it makes asking for what you want much easier because you've got more water in the well. Great, Matt. Thanks for being on the program. My pleasure. Thanks, Jim. On our program tonight, we had Matt Anderson, the Referral Authority. His book is Fearless Referrals, Boost Your Confidence, Break Down Doors, and Build a Powerful Client List. I suggest you go to Amazon and get that. Be dependent on your business growing through referrals. Okay, that's all the time we have for BizTalk. This has been your host, Jim Levada. I'll see you here next week. Don't forget, the resources are available on our website at biztalkradioshow.com. That's B-I-Z, talkradioshow.com. This or other BizTalk podcasts may be downloaded by visiting our website, biztalkradioshow.com, where you can subscribe to BizTalk through iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at BizTalk1040 and like us on Facebook. If you want to learn the strategies finding and getting performance out of A-player salespeople, contact Performance Group by calling 800-950-9509 or visit us on the web at pmgllc.net. This has been your host, Jim Lovato.